You're listening to the Jesus for Everyone podcast. To support this podcast, go to RenewedHeartMinistries.com and click Donate. When we talk about poverty and creating a new world where poverty is no more, we can put the poor first and center their voices in the discussion. When we speak of, of what it's like to be a woman in our society, we can put women first. We can, by default, believe what women tell us. This is Herb Montgomery with Renewed Heart Ministries, and I want to welcome you to episode 235 of the Jesus for Everyone podcast. It's a podcast where we talk about the intersection of faith and social justice and what a first century Jewish Galilean prophet of the poor uh, might have to offer us today in our work of survival, uh, 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 resistance, liberation, reparation, and and transformation. Our our title this week is The Kingdom of God is Within You, and our feature text is from the Q Scott. Scholarship, Sings Gospel Q 17, 20 through 21. But on being asked when the kingdom of God is coming, he answered them and said, The kingdom of God is not coming visibly, nor will one say, Look here or there, for look, the kingdom of God is within you. Our companion texts are Matthew 24, 23. At the time, if anyone says to you, Look, here is the Messiah, or, or look, there he is, don't believe it. And Luke 17, 20 through 21, on being asked by a Pharisee, when the kingdom of God would come, Jesus replies, the coming of the kingdom is not something that can be observed, nor will people say, here it is or there it is, because the kingdom of God is in your midst. Gospel of Thomas 3, 1 through 3, Jesus says, if those who lead you say to you, look, the kingdom is in the sky, then the birds of the sky will precede you. If they say to you, it is in the sea, then the fishes will precede you. Rather, the kingdom of God is inside you and outside of you. Gospel of Thomas one thirteen. his disciples said to him, The kingdom, on what day will it come? It will not come by watching and waiting for it. They will not say, Look here or look there. Rather, the kingdom of the Father is spread out upon the earth, and people do not see it. Uh, let's talk about the, the privatized individual interpretation of the saying first this week. I, and I, I, I do want to begin by critiquing this popular, It's a, again, it's a privatized, internal, individualistic interpretation of this passage. And one proponent of this individualistic interpretation is Eckhart Tolle. And here's a sample of his work. I want to give you just a few of his statements so that you can get a feeling for it. And I'm going to give you the references for those uh, in this week's uh, e-site in the, uh, the, the, the blog version of this podcast. But uh, the first one is uh, from, from uh, his, his website. Jesus was once asked when the kingdom of God would come. The kingdom of God, Jesus replied, is not something people will be able to see and point to. Then came the striking words, neither shall they say, look here or lo there, for behold, the kingdom of God is within you. Luke 17, 21. With these words, Jesus gave voice to a teaching that is universal and timeless. Look into every great religious, spiritual, and wisdom tradition, and we find the same precept, that life's ultimate truth, its ultimate treasure, lies within us. As Jesus made unambiguously clear, we can experience this inner treasure, and no experience could be more valuable. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, he declared, and all these things shall be added unto you, Matthew 6, 33. From this interior plane of life, he is saying, we will gain all that is needful. This is from Eckhart Tolle's book, uh, A New Earth. What you see, hear, feel, touch, or think about is only one half of reality, so to speak. It is form. In the teachings of Jesus, it is simply called the world, and the other dimension is the kingdom of heaven or eternal life. This is from the same book. When you hear of inner space, you may start seeking it. 
Because you are seeking it as you were looking for an object or an experience, you cannot find it. This is the dilemma of all those who are seeking spiritual realization or enlightenment. Hence, Jesus said, The kingdom of God is not coming with signs to be observed, nor would they say, Lo, here it is, or there, for behold, the kingdom of God is in the midst of you. And this is same volume again. No inner baggage, no identification, not with things, nor with any mental concepts that have a sense of self in them. And what is the kingdom of heaven? The simple but profound joy of being that is there when you let go of identifications and become poor in spirit. And lastly, this is from a lecture given in February 12th, 2013. I'll give you a link to it as well. I think if Jesus lived nowadays, instead of kingdom, he would say dimension. And heaven refers to a sense of vastness or spaciousness. So if we retranslate the words of Jesus into modern terms, it would be the dimension of spaciousness is within you. And when Jesus said, when they asked him, where is the kingdom of heaven and when is it going to come? He said, the kingdom of heaven does not come with signs to be perceived. You cannot say, ah, oh, look over here or look over there. It's, I tell you, the kingdom of heaven is within you. So I have three critiques from a liberation perspective of this, again, this internalized, privatized, individualistic, um, all of it within you uh, trans- interpretation of these words by G- by uh, in the Jesus story. And the first critique is, is the idea that you can find this kingdom within yourself as an individual rather than within yourselves as in a community. The individualistic quality of this interpretation, it stands in contrast with the majority of Jesus's other teachings that taught a form of of communalism. The kingdom in the Gospels is, is a community of people who are committed to putting into action God's distributively just vision for the world. And, and Latin American liberation theologian John Sabrino, he critiques, uh, he gives a lengthy critique from in his book, Jesus the Liberator. You can find it on pages 110 through 121. He critiques the theologies here in first world countries where the kingdom can be reduced to what he calls a purely personal dimension. And also the you that Jesus's kingdom is within, that is in the midst of, it's not singular here in the Greek. It's, it's, it's not singular. The, the you where Jesus locates the kingdom is plural. It's among you, as it's within you as a collective, as a community. When Angela Davis speaks on community, um, she, she speaks of a, a community that includes not even just those who are alive right now, but also the larger community of those that have even gone before us in our work, our, our ancestors in, in social change movements. And th- this community would also then include those who, who would come after us too, uh, who stand on the shoulders of our work and, and the, the same way that, that, that we stand on the shoulders of those who have come before us. So she speaks of our, our need to, to contradict what she calls the neoliberal individualism that persuades us that we are single, solitary individuals in the world. We have lost so much, she says, as a result of capitalism, and not just in terms of material goods. We've lost a sense of our connectedness to one another. 
And that's actually from an interview between Michelle Alexander and Angela Davis called The Spirit of Justice, a conversation between Michelle Alexander and Angela Davis. And you can find these comments uh, in the section from about one hour, 11 minutes and 30 seconds to one hour, 12 minutes and 30 seconds. There's about 60 seconds here where you can find her talking about that. But this communal interpretation, it should lift the hopes of someone who's coming in contact with, with Jesus's kingdom as an individual who's part of a larger community, who you're not alone. And, and, and my second critique is that this individualistic interpretation, it actually makes the kingdom abstract. It, it doesn't address uh, systemic injustice or oppression or violence in, in concrete ways. Um, and this might explain why this interpretation resonates so deeply and, and to a large degree with the elites in our society. It's an elitist interpretation, and it allows them to, to supposedly find Jesus's kingdom inside of them through personal disciplines without them having to be called to, to confront their own complicity and injustice or, or, or the benefit that they derive from their, their social location and the status quo. And, and my third critique is that that one can read the entire an entire volume expounding on on this interpretation uh, of the kingdom as an internal level of consciousness and 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 they'll never once encounter even a mention of the poor there, there's not even one and this is a huge red flag it's a denial of the overall gospel that Jesus taught Jesus called his followers in the kingdom to, to, to practice a, a preferential option for the poor and the, those that this world makes last. In Jesus's kingdom of God, it's not just some internal dimension that you find through, 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 through disciplines and practices. Uh, in Jesus's kingdom of God, it's a community um, where whoever the status quo places last, they become first. They become uh, centered. They, they're whom the preferential option is made for. And, and, and they, they are the, the ones whom the kingdom belongs to. You can find this in Luke 6.20. It's their experience of life, facing marginalization or oppression or exploitation or discrimination. It's, it's in their experiences that the community is centered and is dedicated to, to, to the practice of, of bringing change in the larger society. It's a movement within the, a, a, a larger population. So an alternative view, if, that, if, we're, if that's how we're not to understand Jesus's words, then, then what, what, how are we to understand? What was Jesus talking about? So, so when we look at Jesus's response to the inquiring Pharisee, the coming of the kingdom of God is not something that can be observed, nor will people say, here it is or there it is, because the kingdom of God is in your midst. Um, this response has a social, a historical context that the, the the actually the writings of Josephus expound upon it a bit. They give us some background to it. Josephus writes of of incidents that occurred around the mid first century, where revolutionary prophets would lead large groups of people into a desert outside Jerusalem, on the premise that once there, God would show them signs of approaching freedom. And the Roman uh, procurator Felix, he he regarded one of these gatherings as actually the first stage of revolt. And so he sent a cavalry and a heavy infantry to, to cut the mob into pieces. And you can find that in Josephus. 
Josephus's The Jewish War, uh, page 147. That's Williamson and Smallwood's version or translation. And the most infamous of these types of revolutionary prophets who, who promised signs to be observed was a militaristic messiah who was referred to as the Egyptian. He's mentioned in Acts 21:38. When then you are not the Egyptian, uh, then you are not the Egyptian who recently stirred up a revolt and led the four thousand assassins into the wilderness. Josephus describes the event in his uh, the same book, the the Jewish War, on the same page, 147. He says, arriving in the country, this man, a fraud, who possessed as a seer. Uh, collected about 30,000 dupes and led them round from the desert to the Mount of Olives and from where there and from there was ready to force an, an entry into Jerusalem overwhelmed the Roman garrison and seized supreme power with his fellow raiders as bodyguard and Josephus, too, he wasn't a, a neutral reporter in any of this. Josephus believed that the future of the Jewish people depended on the elites collaborating with Rome. So he was definitely biased in favor of Rome. And you can see it in the difference between the 4,000 assassins mentioned in Acts and then when Josephus reports it, it's now 30,000 dupes um, that, that he mentions in his account. But, but the fact that he mentions the event is still important. Even if the account possesses, I think, potentially exaggerated numbers, in a, a parallel account of this event, Josephus, again, in his book Antiquities, uh, page 170 through 172, he, 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 he includes the sign that the Egyptian had claimed would be shown to the people. It would be, a, uh, he says, a sign like, like Joshua's sign at the Battle of Jericho. Um, he writes, at the Egyptians' command, the walls of Jerusalem would fall down so that his followers would enter and seize the city. However, before any such sign could be attempted, the Roman cavalry and infantry slayed or captured hundreds and put the rest to flight, including the militaristic Messiah himself. So these, these were not irrational leaders. They were hopeful, militaristic messiahs. They, they were liberation prophets who, who tried to, leave, to lead movements of, of Jewish peasants in action that would uh, they believed would be accompanied by Yahweh's power and deliverance. And Josephus gives us other examples of these types of movements too, of people who are seeking God's deliverance and meeting instead death at the hands of, of Roman military. Roman soldiers massacred a thousand Jewish women and children who, who followed another Jewish militaristic prophet this man had declared to the people in Jerusalem that, that God had commanded them to, to go up to the temple and receive the sign of deliverance. That's from the Jewish War, page 360. And Josephus also describes a Samaritan prophet who was a, a contemporary Messiah, actually, of Jesus um, during the time of Pontius Pilate. And this, this prophet's sign, so to speak, was uh, to lead the people up to the sacred Mount uh, uh, Gerizim to find a, a holy vessel that he said were left there by Moses. And instead, what happened was the armed crowd uh, got there and was attacked and overwhelmed by Pilate's troops at the, the, the foot of the mountain. So, so again, these attempts were viewed as the first stage of result, revolt by, by Rome, and they were dealt with severely. When Jesus says the kingdom is not coming with signs to be observed, he's talking about going out into the wilderness to follow these militaristic messiahs where you would see a sign once you got there, like the, the falling of the walls of Jerusalem or these vessels left by Moses. Um, he, he's talking about what things that were actually going on around him in that, that uh, 
uh, culture. He's emphatically rejecting this specific way in which popular prophets led masses of Jewish people to their deaths at the the hands of Roman soldiers. And the reference to such leaders, I think it even becomes more specific when he warns, they will say to you, look there or look here, do not go, do not follow them in Luke 17, 23. Those who, who did follow these messiahs and, and their methods of, of liberation they ended up perishing, and they perished needlessly in in horrific slaughters uh, by Rome. So Jesus instead, he offered a new vision for human society in the form of a community that practiced survival, nonviolent resistance, liberation, reparation, with the hope of both personal and societal transformation. And this kingdom it was within their grasp. It was within their ability to do. Where other approaches were revolutionary suicide, Jesus gave them a methodology that was within their ability to accomplish. When Jesus says, it's within you, he's actually quoting Moses' speech in Deuteronomy. This is Deuteronomy 30, 11 through 14. Now, what I am commanding you today is not too difficult for you or beyond your reach. It is not up in heaven so that you have to ask who will ascend in heaven to get it and proclaim it to those that we may obey it, nor is it beyond the sea so that you have to ask who will cross the sea to get it and proclaim it to us so that we may obey it. No, the word is very near you. It is in your mouth. It is in your heart. Or in other words, it's within you so that you may obey it. Jesus is saying, it's right here. It's within your grasp as a community to accomplish. Preferential option for the last. I do want to close with that this week. Today, Jesus's kingdom of God uh, or a community that that centers and, and uh, puts first those that are present society places at last uh, this is within our ability. We can choose to do life differently. When it comes to the subject of immigration, we can put migrants first. When it comes to indigenous people's rights, we can put native lives first. When we talk about poverty and creating a new world where poverty is no more, we can put the poor first and center their voices in the discussion. When we speak of, of what it's like to be a woman in our society, we can put women first. We can, by default, believe what women tell us. When we consider racial inequalities, we can choose to put people of color first. And in a world that's still largely shaped by homophobia, biphobia, and transphobia, we can center the discussions and in, in, in the voices and the stories and the experiences of, of those within our community who are LGBTQ. We can believe we can validate, we can center each of these experiences, and, and, and all that we may separate them here for purposes of discussion and understanding like we're doing right now in this podcast, often all of these experiences, they can be experienced by the same people. For example, a, a person can be a, a trans woman of color and daily bump into multiple ways in which society seeks to, to place them as last rather than first. And to the degree that the person who who fights oppression in our world, um, to that degree, a community seeking to follow Jesus's vision for human society will center their voices at the shared table and making first those that present structures place last and and making the last, 
uh, those at the present structure uh, uh, places as first. And again, this is repeated throughout the Gospels, Matthew 19, 30, 2016, Mark 10, 31, Luke 13, 30. It's about putting the last verse in the first last. And lastly, as our, our, our saying states, the, the community of the kingdom, it can be manifesting itself among a group of people right in front of us, and we can still miss it, like that inquiring Pharisee in Luke's version of the story. The, the more invested we are in the, the present structures that marginalize others, the greater will be the likelihood of our missing it altogether. And, and what are some of the characteristics that we should look for? Again, Jesus' kingdom of God was communal rather than individualistic. It addressed uh, the, the private and personal, yes, but it also uh, located each one of those persons within a larger community. And, and it endeavored to address concretely the injustice, oppression, marginalization, and the violence that were faced by those whom the world of, of the first century had placed last. And it practiced the one praxis that the community of God must possess in every generation for it to be genuine, for this to be truly a, a, a community following Jesus's vision of for humanity. Um, this one praxis has to be present, and it's a preferential option for the last. It's a preferential option for those that this world places last. Uh, it's not too difficult for us, Jesus said. It's within our grasp. It's within us as a community to do. It starts with the choice to to listen to those who who traverse this world as as last who 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 journey through life as last and it 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 starts with with believing in their experiences when they share those with you again sang's gospel q 17 20 through 21 but on being asked when the kingdom of god is coming he answered them and said the kingdom of god is not coming visibly nor will one say look here look there for the kingdom of god is within you. Heart group application this week as a group. I want you to think about the various expressions of injustice, oppression, and violence that certain people face in our society. And, and as you are, are, are considering those, as you're thinking about those, what worries, if any, come to mind when you consider centering their voices in your own community? Instead of centering those who are already privileged, centering those who don't normally, uh, who, who aren't normally centered in larger society. What, what, what worries, um, if any of them, if any worries do come to mind, what are those worries that, 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 that surface for you? And, and worries tell us a lot about ourselves. Number two, they tell us uh, what we attach importance to what we're focusing our energies on and 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 what it would look like to attach importance to to the last instead um, that needs to be the question as you as you discover your worries um, what does it look like to 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 make those who are last first, to, to focus on them, to place them as first. And then number three, I want you to schedule a, a heart group time when anyone who would like to share their story of how they've uh, been made to feel last, that they can do so with the group. And when these stories are shared, I want you to follow up each story with a with a no talk back rule. You don't get to argue with their experience. You just get to listen. So spend some time listening, spend some time choosing to believe their story, and and spend some time validating um, each other's experiences and and see where that leads. 
lay it down as, as just potential. Also, this week, if you're listening to this on Friday, uh, remember to call your senators today. Today, uh, they are, they're, they're voting on a tax bill that multiple nonpartisan sources, including the, the CBO, tell us will, uh, that, that this tax bill will leave poor Americans worse off. And, and while the top earners and, and, and corporations, they'll benefit from it. it. It will make the rich richer and the poor poorer. And if you want an easy way to, to contact your senator uh, or your senators, um, use ResistBot. It's, it's so easy. It's simple. It's, it's quick. Um, just text on your phone. Text RESIST to 50409. That's 50409. Just text RESIST. And the RESIST bot will come up and ask you, uh, tell you who you're asking for your zip code, tell you who your senators are, ask you what uh, you'd like to get, what like you like to say. Also, if you you need a script or if you need to know help, some help with what to what to say, you need to know what to say to your your senators. I'm going to include in this week's e site at renewedheartministries.com the the blog version of of this week's podcast. I'll include a script there that you can just copy and paste. It was written by a friend of mine on Facebook, Emily Temple, um, and I loved it. I used it myself and uh, wrote some other stuff too to, to my senator, but. Um, um, I'm going to just put it right in this week's uh, e-site, and you can just copy and paste it right into your text, and and uh, it'll make it so much easier for you. So use ResistBot, uh, use this uh, uh, sample script if you need to, and 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 just take action. Thanks so much for for checking in with us this week. Wherever this finds you, keep living in love, engaging the work of survival, resistance, liberation, reparation, and transformation. And remember, the kingdom of God is within your midst. It's within your grasp. It's not too difficult for you. I love each one of you dearly. Happy holidays to each one of you. I'll see you next week. Mm-hmm.